0: this is the legal podcast brought to you by legal hub uganda taking the law to the last mile hello listeners welcome to yet another edition of the legal podcast brought to you by legal hub uganda my name is jonathan Ochom, your host and uh, in this edition we're going to try to understand the milo land tenure system which over the years has been um, a subject of intense debate especially between uh, the central government and uh, sections in the Buganda Kingdom. But also generally, I think in the country, it's been um, something that uh, many people are curious about. With me in studio is somebody who, for purposes of this podcast, prefers to describe himself as a Muganda. Uh, he warned me all around that for this I'm speaking as uh, the ordinary person uh, who comes from uh, the region where this tenure is uh, predominant, or perhaps the only. and. Um, and and it's none other than uh, Mr. John Mwebe. John, you're welcome to The Legal Podcast.
1: Thank you for hosting me.
0: So, John, for some reason you made it very clear to me that you're having this conversation as, uh, as a Muganda. I'm curious to know why that's the case.
1: You see, very many people hide within scholarship, within business, within their work settings to make some... Of their points clear, mm-hmm. yet in actual sense they are speaking from the heart. Yeah. So for me, I want to make it clear that I'm speaking from the heart, yeah. because Uganda is me, yeah. and and it, it gives it gives me my foundation, the foundation of where I am, and I'm proudly one. Yeah. So I, I don't want to talk about whatever I've done in that space. I want to speak as a Muganda.
0: Interesting. So John, we know that across the world, I think Uganda is the only country where there's um, a land holding system called Milo. You've heard of freehold. You've heard of leasehold in other parts of the world, even customary in other, you know, in other countries. But milo is sort of unique to to Uganda. Could you sort of try to give us a sneak peek into the history of this uh, land
1: holding system? Thank you. Um, one, milo is a creation of the nineteen zero zero agreement mm-hmm. in Buganda, but also in Ankoli and Toro, where the colonizers chose to partition the land. And give some of the land to the chiefs, the the leaders, the the kings, but also to some of the people who were supporting them in the work that they were doing as the colonisation agenda in the colonisation agenda. Yeah. So, the word Milo comes from the way the land was measured. Okay. it was measured in miles. Mumairo.
0: Ah, so oh, so the Baganda were just innovative and. Uh, Yes, I directed just, the English word. Yes, to create this. Okay, and
1: and also the English word just got a part, got it to be a part of it our domesticated. Yes, okay. vocabulary. Yeah, uh, my reading of it uh, was that the way the measurements were done, they were done uh, with like fiber or mm-hmm. siso. To, to do, so they were not really actual measurements, but they were approximate, mm-hmm. but they were done in Milo. So that's that's where we, we get the whole discussion of Milo land. Mm. And, and uh, around that time, you notice that there are people who are occupying this land. Yeah. But by the stroke of a pen, we got people who owned the land with titles. But then we also had people who stayed on the land. Yeah. But by the stroke of a pen, they became tenants. Abasenzi. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Many people use a word, stami. Squatters that's a, a derogatory term. Okay, the, the right word is abasense tenants uh-huh. on the land, so that's where Milo uh, bears its its uh, origin. You,
0: you talk about a stroke of a pen, so are you suggesting that prior to the 1900 agreement, uh, these were actually like you know, customary landowners in the area? What, what was the arrangement then before this pen came and sort of altered the, the setup?
1: You see, the 1900 agreement was an exercise of power yeah. and pitting power against others, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. It it was an exercise of ensuring that you can have someone with authority over the land so that you can have a grouping of people who are going to work on the land, produce enough cash crops, and be able to sell to support the colonial government. Okay. Remember, Uganda wasn't uh, a colony. Uganda was a protectorate. Yeah. So the, the British colonizers had to make sure that they produce enough revenue here to run this protectorate. Yeah. Unlike a colony like Kenya, where they settled and, and started alive. Mm. So th- this whole setting of getting some people to be able to do some work, but also with a leader, what you do is you, you use the same resource land, you bequeath it to a leader so that the leader has power and, and feels they are now standing out of the crowd. And then they work with the tenants to be able to produce. And by the way, when you move backwards with that agreement mm. you notice that it was about how much it is you produce yeah. so the more the tenants you had the more power you had because what you produce would be much they would produce for themselves they keep but what they give back to you and you take back to the kingdom which was working now with the colonizers yeah. that was your power so it it was all a semblance of power but if you move backwards in buganda buganda in uganda was the most organized mm. community because oh. they had levels of Leadership, uh, leadership, traditional leadership. Yeah. And, and I, I really implore people to go and read about it because it's so interesting. There were hierarchies of leadership mm. that was so, it was a very organized society. I think structured from, a, what's the lowest level? The, well, I, well the, the structuring is something that uh, you look at the servants, mm-hmm. the subjects, not yeah. the servants. Yeah. Sorry, I, I the, the subject. Yeah. And then it came through the chiefs because all of them were paying allegiance to ultimately the Kabaka, the Kabaka. but, mm. you know, everyone had uh, a level that they report to. Mm. To date, we still have those levels, but you see, what defined us as Uganda was land. Yeah. Like, people in the west were defined by cows and people in uh, northeast, the Karimojong, were defined by cows, yeah. We were defined by land. So, even as you talk about the structuring that was before the 1900 agreement, it was still structured around the land, okay? Yeah. And, and centers of power all that culminate into the kabaka ship, the, the, the Atmos, the kabaka yeah. at the top. Okay. Yeah.
0: So sort of from a historical lens, am I correct to argue that the nineteen oh agreement was like a land grab of sorts? Because then you're saying you've been living on this land and suddenly you're being classified as a tenant.
1: You see, over the years, mm-hmm. registration has tilted the understanding of land holding. Yeah. Okay? But still, even before then. There was land holding for those who held in trust. In trust. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even the leaders who were given power over this land, mm-hmm. most of them were holding in trust for purposes of production. Yeah. But you see, the dynamics of ownership over the years was such that what was held in trust then with me as the one that you're entrusting to do that, mm-hmm. I become the owner, because then this, this document. That is signed, called a title, bestows the ownership unto me. Okay. Yeah. Yet even in the in the settings back then, the people who were given to lead on the land were basically leading from a point of how we can use this land. Now, there's something called a chibanja, a tenancy. Yes. Chibanja means something that requires you to work on it. Chibanja. It's a Luganda word meaning chikubanja. Mm. You owe. Yeah. So. A tenant would be given a chibanja, because the thing is you have to work on it. Okay. Yeah, so it, it was always. If today people are talking about ownership of land, but the discussion shouldn't actually be only around ownership. It should be about the value you get out of the land. Yeah. It was the mindset that mm-hmm. the agreement had. But today you can't speak about that mindset because people are having lots of land that they are the not using. Sort of the changed. dynamics have changed. The population has, has changed. Now we are living in a very cosmopolitan world. Yep. I live with Ochom next to me in, yep. in, in Matuga and in Shekanabo. So <laughs> it's, it's it's just the way it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's
0: the historical perspective. So, so John, when conversations or discussions on, on Milo always emerge, there seem to be a certain categorization. And, and so I wanted to sort of understand, is Milo just like generic as is, or it has, you know, certain ways that it's sort of, you know, classifying.
1: You see, when you talk about Milo, you go back to the agreement. Yes. It's assumed that by the time the 1900 agreement was done, the total landmass of Buganda was 19,600 square miles. 19,600 okay. square miles, assumed. Yeah. When you look at the subdivisions that were done, mm-hmm. yeah, eight thousand five hundred square miles were given out to the this this waters. And no, 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 no. They were subdivided between the chiefs. Uh, the Kawaka got uh, three hundred and fifty square miles, which they called the Sukuru Kavaka, the like the garden, eh? okay. the banana plantation of mm-hmm. the Kavaka. Three fifty. The the treasurer. Then you remember the three regents. Uh, the three regents each got then their offices. Then there were the queen mother. Mm. Then there were, like I said before, nineteen hundred. there were centers Magomborola, Emiruka. All those were centers. County, right? county. Yes. So those became official. Those were, were those. Those, those were. Official the, that were officially so given. You, land. you got that by virtue of your position. By your position, yes, by virtue of your so position. It's not uh, for Mwebe? It yes, it, it it ought to have been by virtue of your position. Okay. Yeah? Because you see, it it was about power. It was about how much it is you can that can be gotten out so of. As the county chief, yes. Have this
0: amount of land
1: and it's producing this amount of you yes. know, food and whatever that. Yes. So is you ultimately you bring to... on people mm-hmm. tenants. Mm-hmm. You give them a bibanja. Because those bibanja are meant to be worked on. So it was you give a, them it was tenancies. Actually, so
0: you're basically saying it's advantageous to have
1: yes, many people. very many. Oh, yeah. Because that was how much produce you would take. Mm-hmm. That was also your power. I manage all these people. Y-
0: your contribution to the GDP. Yeah. We to use the today's modern... Yes, that's uh, why
1: you see people... That's why you see we are having gerrymandering now where villages are becoming constituencies. Mm-hmm. Because there has to be a show of power, with the number of MPs who are representing nothing. So uh, <laughs> it's it's basically that quite that understanding of the many people you would bring, those people would produce much, it's much that you take that. So that was quite the setting. So,
0: so that was sort of one category. Yes. The one that's given to so, people by virtue of the the role the leadership role the help thank you so because
1: you see the kawaka was given 350 square miles yeah, yeah. The, the 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 three regents the queen mother those were also given each then there were 1000 chiefs that were given 8 square miles each okay. so that accounts for 800 square miles yeah then there's a total of 9000 square miles that were left okay and those ones the wording is that they will be for the future generation our children in the future. So, 1,000 chiefs each given eight square miles. That accounted for 800 square miles. Okay. The Kabaka and the people around him. Now, there was that there was that land that was left.
0: So, the one you got by virtue of your position in society is that what the present day they call the official Milo or something? Yes. Because at this conversation around official Milo and private Milo. Like uh, I would sort of want you to. You throw the, more light on, on, on those two classifications. You know, we didn't learn matters, so sometimes here but telling you, ah, me I don't want kabaka's land. Get me a private mile. So I, I thought maybe you could just clarify that, especially for the audience that may not, you know, be from this region and, and sort of understand
1: that. You see, mm-hmm. the Kabaka was given 350 square miles. Yeah. And the people around him, the, the regents, the queen mother, and all that. Mm-hmm. Now, in simpler terms, if you we were to talk about that now, It's the land that is managed by Buganda Land Board. Okay. Okay. The Buganda Land Board says it has to a tune of one thousand square miles. Yeah. Okay. Now, that is the official estate that is managed by the Kabaka. Kabaka. Because Buganda Land Board is a private entity. Private company. It's a private sole owner. Yes. The Kabaka is the sole owner. Mm. Yeah.
0: So only shareholder and everything. Yes. Yes. Interesting. So.
1: So the Kawaka is the soul, and and so it's a thousand. Now, there are, we are, I've talked about one thousand chiefs yeah. who each was given eight square miles. Mm-hmm. That is now the private,
0: My, milo. Then this one which was left for the future generation. What is that now?
1: Now that is the the kind of land people keep saying I'm on public land, but you see, I'll say it this way: that is the land that was kept for the future, but. With the regimes as they came through, uh, where Obote declared that all land is now government land, mean mm-hmm. comes in and with the land reform decree of 1975 and says yeah. everywhere is public land. Yeah. Now, that land was, remember it was entitled. Mm. So now that's the land that the Land Act now says, for that particular land, offer leases. Mm. The district land board should be responsible for that land and offer leases off it. So, okay. Mm, now, you notice that people talk about it as Milo, mm. but the actual sense is, people have leases of that land. So I I don't know why the discussion is Milo, yet those lands have freeholds and leases. So basically
0: you're suggesting that that land, government took over it. Yes. And uh, it's not under the Uganda Kingdom? No, it's, it's not. basically in the hands of... And by the way,
1: people that. should understand one thing. Mm-hmm. Even the 8,000 that was given to chiefs is yeah. not under Uganda Kingdom. Okay. It's private Milo. Private Milo? yes. The only, the only Milo that is under Uganda is the one under Uganda Land Board, with the sole powers and ownership as the Kabaka.
0: Mm. So it's basically a small fraction yes. of the land in Buganda. Yes, we are
1: talking about a thousand square miles. Mm. It could even be less. That's what we're talking about. But the eight thousand is private Milo. That Milo has been transacted. Okay, mm-hmm. you you realize that the original lot is. Or even that the people who came after them are not even still on the land. Yeah. The land has Ano Pio, Ano Chome, mm. eh, Shekanawa, and all these people. Yeah. Okay, so it's that's that's the private Milo, in the nine thousand square miles, and that's why you see Uganda keeps saying, yeah. "Return a e Biafe, give back, give to our us property. our property." That's yeah. why they keep talking about the nine thousand square miles mm. because government took it, uh. and it has given leases of it and freeholds. Yeah. yeah, but you see today, be- because that land was settled by Baganda and all the other people came in. Mm. Now this is where the challenge is. It was settled by Baganda. It was. Buga- it's still in Buganda. Yes. People <laughs> came in. Now what happens is, an Ochom comes and identifies this land, yeah. goes to the district land board, shows that there's no one because, on the cadaster in the district land office, yeah, th- there's no one. Yeah, it's a on land. the ground there are people. Yeah. So Ochom goes, gets a lease. Because there are there are people dubious dealings with the area land committees, but also with these district land boards, mm. well, Chom gets a, a lease. Or oh, he, he goes ahead and gets a freehold then offer. He, he goes then on there ground. are people on the ground yeah. and they are chasing. No, mm. the whole hula balu you hearing about people being chased off this land mm. is especially on that land. Uh, the only uh, difference is that that land is in Buganda. It's physical location. Yes, it, it should have been our land. Yeah. But government. Uh, Made its decision, yeah. so in the land setting, it's what we call formally public land. Yeah. Yeah. Formally public land. People confuse it and say it's public land, but you know, public land is this land where we have like government uh, institutions, institutions yeah. and, and, and all that. The schools. The so people in, should yeah. always know that there's something called formally public land. Uh, uh, so, that's John, so I know that there's been
0: sort of a lot of legislation around this area, and in an attempt to sort of fix a number of issues here and there. So there's this whole concept that we've always had about. Of uh, the lawful and bona fide occupants on, um, or, or especially on Milo land, I I thought maybe you could, you know, throw in a bit more light on that, and and also focus on the, you know, the rights and duties over uh, the occupants, and then of the quote unquote owners.
1: I do not know why you're talking about quote unquote ah, okay. owners of the
0: owners, yeah, because the owners are owners. They're the owners. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: Let's start there. A land owner, mm-hmm. your role is to make sure that, one, you know the people on your land. Okay. Two, for the rightful tenants on your land, you have them pay you the nominal ground rent, which is busur. Okay. Okay? Mm. You have them pay the nominal ground rent. Three, to make sure that those people are protected. You protect them. All the transactions you want to do, you let them you let them know it's not it's not an obligation, but like they sh- they should be a social relation. You see, there's something people don't understand about Milo. Mm. Milo is about relations. Yeah. No one will ever solve the Milo question using the law. I'll say that again. No one will solve it. It's a it's about how it's about I relations. With my landlord. Yes. Uh-huh. That's why you see there's a question coming up. Why are we talking about a nominal fee?
0: Especially the, the, the economic dynamics. Now. Yes. Yeah. Why are we talking about Ten a nominal thousand fee of 10,000 shillings in in on someone <laughs> who's
1: seated on land five acres in Chireka, mm. who's getting 50 million in a season from tilling that land, and the guy brings you 50,000 shillings? Are we still talking about a nominal ground fee? And that person clearly says, Mwebe is my landlord, okay. my landlord, and I pay Busulu of 50k. Yet Mwebe knows every season. You get fifty million, million out of, of the it. produce, yeah. and so so these these are the discussions that we must be having. But th- that is that is the role of the landowner, okay. the tenant, yeah. your tenant. The, the one thing people should know in Buganda we say it's the la- the layers. It's not this. Mm-hmm. It's this. Well,
0: the listeners can't see, but yeah, you, you can it's, explain the layers. <laughs> so so so
1: so the layers are such that the landlord is below because he owns the land. Yes. You who's He's above the foundation. is the foundation. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. You who's above, you use the land. Yeah. So I, there's I've heard people talk about dual ownership. There's nothing like dual ownership. Mm. One has ownership one owner rights. The other has user rights. rights. Yeah? So mm. I I do not understand where people get this whole concept of dual ownership and mm. I've seen it even documented. Mm. I think the issue should be multiplicity of rights. Yes. Not, not dual ownership. Yeah. So we, which we also need to walk around mm-hmm. uh, a better understanding of that. Yeah. So if you know you have user rights, everywhere you are and you know you have a user right, there's an obligation for a user yes. to pay the nominal rate. Yeah. Two, if you're going to sell off your tenancy, you ought to let the landowner know. Mm. Okay? Because the landowner gives you three options. One, you either buy... Interest in your tenancy in Uganda we call it Okwegura. Two, it's we either do the land sharing. If you're selling your tenancy of five, five acres, you give me back three. I leave you with two, and I get your title for your two. That is land sharing. The third option is you, you you sell the land to me. You sell your tenancy to me, so that now I you're no longer on the land. So those are options. Yeah. The fourth option was for these absentee landlords for the misused land fund, oh. where they would say <laughs> the government would come and pay off the tenants. Yeah. Yeah. So so those are your the options I before mean you. I pay off the
0: landlords. Pay off the landlords, yeah. sorry, sorry mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah. Those are the options before you. Okay. Okay? Um, John, so we
0: need to make that distinction as well between the you know, the lawful and bona fide, because I think that's also one of the sort of controversial issues in this Milo discussion. How do I identify this? But who is a lawful occupant? Who is, the, who is um, a bona fide occupant?
1: A lawful occupant mm-hmm. is someone who pays, uh, someone who has proof of payment of Busulu because then they are paying for the Chibanja. That shows mm-hmm. that you're known by the landowner. Okay. The lawful occupant is someone who has a history of the descendants and how they've lived on the land.
0: Okay. Okay?
1: Mm-hmm. Lo- another so
0: if I said that my great-grandfather... Lived
1: here. There has to be proof. People Mm. will know. Mm. Yeah. Because you've been on this tenancy over the years. Yeah. Yeah? A bona fide occupant is a person who has stayed on the land, who stayed on the land 12 years before coming into force of the constitution.
0: Yeah.
1: 12 years years. before coming into force. That's 1983. 1983. You have to show proof that you were on the land before 1983 and that you have to show proof that the landowner hadn't in any way. Interfered with your... Interfered with your living, but also asked you to leave. Mm -hmm. Because then someone can bring proof of 1979, 78, showing that I had even asked the local leaders Mm. to to get this guy To get out of it. Yeah, but if you're leaving, your tenants hadn't been contested Mm. before then, then you're a bona fide occupant. Today I see people come and say, I've been here for 21 years. When you move back twenty-one years from here, yeah. it's it's not it's not, you're not a bona fide occupant. Yeah, I think,
0: and and I think it's a conversation that's sort of getting mixed across the the country because, in the customary land setting where I come from, even here, people talk about, you know, I've lived in this land for twelve years and more. Mm. Uh, I now have rights, mm. uh, you know, over it. And I think yet the provision of the law actually is all on registered land. Yes, and of which my law is, and you know, most customary land is actually not registered anyway. It's not. So the twelve-year conversation may not you know there's there's, there's a time ahead, yeah. mm-hmm. there's
1: a time we are dealing with an amendment to the act, especially yeah. the the amendment that now finally became an act the 2010 where the first provisions they both they said a tenant on customary land mm. I said you can't have a tenant on customary land <laughs> whoever True. is on customary land ought to be there by virtue being a part of that community yeah. so um so those those are oh the other uh bona fide is a person who's settled. On the land by government yeah. or a government institution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the people from Bududa who were settled in Kiriandongo. Yes. Those are meant to be there. So the, the, the whole discussion that has been vulgarized yeah. is people stand on podiums and talk about people being bona fide occupants because of 12 years. Yeah. I believe the people who say that know that they are saying something wrong. Yeah. But they use it for political reasons, yeah. and that's why now this whole co- concept of malafide <laughs> occupant comes <laughs> in, yes. yeah. And and, and 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 you see, when you find people speaking with so much pain, it's because they are saying people came, sat on the land. Many of them came during the war in Buganda here, they sat on the land, all others have come slowly because you either don't live in the place and they've sat on the land and they're calling them tenants, which is wrong, they are not. Mm. Many people do not. Fit the Within description the, of bona fide, uh, and lawful no occupant in Uganda. Yeah. But then the politics has made it seem like no anyone who's seated anywhere yeah, should be there. The other thing that the politics has has entrenched in the people, which is wrong, is the whole idea of dual ownership. There is no dual ownership. The other owns, you use.
0: Yeah. Um, John. From conversations, one of the issues that has sort of emerged around Milo and one of the comments you know people have been saying that maybe one of the biggest problems is also the issue of the size uh, of, of parcels. Um, apparently, way back, it used to be there was sort of a restriction on, on, on the size. I don't know what size um, it, it was and then what is sort of the law now. Um, how has the law sort of tried to address some of those that particular issue?
1: See, I'm going to give quite a bit of an extensive deliberation on this. Uh you bear with me. When we were discussing the Land Amendment Bill, Tand Act in 2010, which amended uh, Sections 31, 32, 35, 59, and 92 of the Land Act, those sections were meant to, one, ensure that someone shouldn't be evicted, except upon non-payment of ground rent. Yes. The second was that uh, if you're to evict them, it should be with a court order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, another talked about uh, those who evict forcefully. The penalties for those who evict people forcefully. Yeah. Another talked about where the district landlord issues titles wrong, wrongly they should be cancelled. Yeah. All those provisions were put there. They were put there because they wanted to deal with the fights between tenants and landlords. Mm-hmm. But you see, We've always said one thing. In the wisdom of the people who enacted the 1928 Busuru and Envujo law, yeah. their wisdom was such that you pay a nominal ground rate for the land, yeah. but which was Busuru. And the Envujo was you get part of what you've produced you from the land it, okay. and give. Yeah. Okay, Envujo. Now, when we go to that discussion in the current times, the thing was, can you value what the info would be so that that is an amount you add to the busul uh-huh. to make sense? I, I'll say this without fear of contradiction. I was a part of those discussions in parliament, but our parliamentarians just don't want to think. Mm. They chose not to have that discussion. They chose a shortcut? Yes, they chose a, a shortcut and they left on the busul. So that was already contentious. Why is busul contentious? One, you're paying for a land surface, which do you do not specify the acreage. Mm-hmm. Someone with ten acres pays the same busul as someone with a plot of hundred by fifty. 100, uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. When we were talking to one of the elders in Buganda, this is what he explained, and he was an authority in this field. Mm. He told us in Buganda, a a tenancy, mm. used to be one acre of land. A tenancy was one acre because they believed you could put a house and have and a compound where you cultivate could cultivate some, some few food. things. Yes. That was a chibanja. That was the logic. That was the logic uh-huh. of a chibanja. Yeah. <clears throat> and that chibanja was what you would pay the ground rent for. Oh. They, they also noted that in the event that you had many kids and all that, they would, you would talk to the landowner and he would give you one more acre. So that you fend for your kids. Yeah. So the extent of chibanja would stretch to two acres, but it had to be just one principle. acre. one acre. Yes. Uh-huh. Now, the all the other land that you add on to it, yeah, mm-hmm. to make three, four, five acres of chibanja, all the other land that you add on to it is what you would farm and give a vojo mm-hmm. Someone would give that someone who gives a vojo of Ten acres is not the same as someone who gives Envujo off two acres. Mm. Okay? So, it was a computation in in its own way Mm. how you give back. So, we told these people in parliament, let us have a discussion around Usuru and Envujo. Because if you say that someone is going to pay 10,000 shillings for where they are, but they are paying 10,000 for 10 acres, even 10,000 for one acre is big. It's small. It's small, yeah. It's small. And, uh, so, so so, they didn't have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Today, I'll tell you that people don't want to have that conversation because it speaks to what it is then that will go to the landowner. But you should remember that as a tenant, you have user rights. Mm-hmm.
0: And, 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 and perhaps, John, the context now of Mvujo uh, maybe could also change because uh, back then it was really, you know, Matoke, beans and stuff like that. Now people are using land for real estate. And, and, and perhaps how much you need to remit the landlord you know, would change now. And, and maybe the law is not living up to you know, the current realities. I don't know if that's an accurate assessment.
1: Why is it possible for a town council to value my land for the taxes I can pay, mm-hmm. but that valuation can't be done for what goes to the landowner? Yeah,
0: very interesting question. Yeah.
1: What, what is so hard? Mm-hmm. It's utter selfishness mm-hmm. that the people in power can't imagine someone getting... That they, they they just they can only think about their taxes, but they can't think about the relation. So why why are you talking? Why are you protecting someone who's on ten acres and paying fifty thousand? Mm. Is is it fair for someone on ten acres to pay fifty thousand, and someone on a hundred by fifty to also pay fifty thousand?
0: Definitely, the math doesn't sort of make sense.
1: You see, it, even within the tenants themselves, there there is an injustice. Yeah. When it comes to that, so for me, I think it's 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 a deliberate effort not to deal with the, the, the issue. I should start.
0: listeners, you you're listening to the Legal Podcast, and today we're trying to understand the Milo uh, tenure system, which is um, you know, one of those unique landholding mechanisms in the world, and it's you know special to to, to Uganda. And we have Mr. John Weber in the studio, and he describes himself as a Muganda for purposes of this uh, this conversation. John, you talked about at the start that there was a bit of there was land that was given to people by virtue of the roles that they held in society, either as the chief, um, as a regent and, and, and stuff like that. Some people argue that perhaps that's one of the problems we have now because those lands were given because of the position you held in society. But now you're dealing with grandchildren, great grandchildren who have personalized this. Um, I, I don't know what could be your, your comment around that issue. Is, is that one of the issues that is sort of plaguing this tenure system
1: now? You see, people should interest themselves in reading about this tenure. Yeah. When the land was given to the chiefs, mm. the, the 1928 MVJ didn't come from space. It came from discontent, yeah, of people who were holding the land, and then they felt that, no, wait, look here. What are we gaining out of this? But also, people should go and read about the Bataka movement. It yeah. was headed by people who had gone to very good universities. One of them was Vasude from my clan. Yeah? Okay. They, had, they had gone to UK and studied and they came back. There was a class of people who got land. But there was also a class of people who made money mm. out of what they did. And they were able to go and purchase land. That's why they'll tell you that Apple was trying to put a caveat on purchases of land because in Buganda, land was power. Yeah, yeah? yeah. So when the people got money, they purchased land. To- today, people are talking about allotes. Then they don't understand that very many people were able to purchase land from the allotes, and today they have a lot of plan, land. Yeah. My, my father could have been, my grandfather could have been able, my, my, my grandfather uh, worked alongside Semei for so long. He was called Timoteo Mwereka He was all over this country. He got a lot of land because he was... But Timoteo wasn't... Yes, he wasn't Mm -hmm. an original LOT. Everywhere you move, you find land that belongs to our side. Mm. So, people are not not getting... They should go and read about the Bataka movement and Mm. they'll notice that if we are to go and trace the original LOTs, many of them and their descendants are wiped out. Mm. But it's those people who went, made money, Got the money came and because in Buganda we knew that what mattered was land. Yes, they invested in land. Mm. I'll give you an interesting example, and you and I know this. When I was talking to, it's a story I tell many times. When I was talking to uh, one of uh, one of the wealthy Karmojong, mm. uh he has a lot of land. Yeah. He told me that you see, when I lived in Buganda in the many years. I noticed that as my fellow Kalmojongs were chasing the cow mm. I noticed that the value that Buganda had was in land yeah. so I went and got land before my Yine people could understand the value mm. so so people people don't people don't understand that in Buganda it's not just about land mm. our land land the land mass is intertwined in our culture like yeah. a cow is intertwined in the culture of Sam yeah. okay so for for us even those who made money Today, today you think you're coming after allottees, but you can't, you can't even cover out the allottees yeah. because they're not they're there. They're not there anyway. They're not.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so John, as we sort of come to the end of this um, uh, conversation today, I sort of want to pick your mind on what you think are the proposals or the best ways of handling all the issues that are emerging on Milo, especially the fact that the debate seems to have been narrowed down between particular sections of society of, of Uganda. Uh, you know the government and stuff like that. The bickering is not ending. What do you think as as a way forward? How, how do you think we'll ever resolve these these issues on, on on Milo? Some of which you know you've highlighted in, in your in your submissions.
1: You see, the reality of uh, the the relations between landlords and tenants is not lost on us. Mm. Go to Mubendi. go to Mitiana, go to Luero. Some of these organizations have done programs where they are supporting tenants to get certificates of occupancy. Yeah. They've told you that people speak, sit and talk to their landowners, and they agree. so th- we still have the reality of these people living. Mm. The greatest problem we have now is the people who have come onto our land mm. they've grabbed it now they want to legitimize, not even legitimize no legitimize is the wrong word. they want to legalize. Mm. Their stay, because legitimize would be the relation. Yeah. Okay. You you cannot have a relation with someone who does not believe in the cultural attribute that you have towards your land. Yeah. Okay. For them, they look at it as disposable. It is something disposable. They look at it as something uh, they can. They, they don't look at it as a means of production. Mm. Yeah. They just look at it as something they can hold. At one time, eh the prices are bang, 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 sell it, yeah. Sell it. So it's 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 that mindset. Mm-hmm. And and unfortunately we can't have that mindset because the people who are doing this have the power and the might. Mm. But one of the things that I will say clearly is that the entire time the relation between the landowner and the tenant has always been a social relation. Not a legal. If you're discussing land giveaway, if you're discussing land sharing, if you're discussing someone buying their own tenancy or that's all based on a relation. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's not based on the law. So you're suggesting that
1: this is not a legal conversation? This, this, is, not, this is not a legal conversation. It only becomes legal when people want to legalize their grabbing. Mm. By the way, in Buganda, legal reforms are not a discussion. In Uganda, it's about relations. The only challenge we have now is that institutions malfunction all the time because they would be the ones that will get to in the event that relations are not working. But also that the people who would stop the grabbing are the ones actually grabbing. Mm. That's that's the challenge we have. Okay.
0: Uh, With that, listeners, we come to the end of today's edition of the Legal Podcast. Um, Thank you so much for being part of this conversation. And thank you, John, for sparing your time. Uh, It's buy from us. You've been listening to The Legal Podcast, brought to you by Legal Hub Uganda, taking the law to the last mile. For more information about this and other topics, you can reach us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter. You can also call 0392-176-853 or visit www.legalhubug.org.